Welcome back to Captain Thoughts. This is Caleb. <laughs> this is EJ. And so we just have another thought. We're going to run with it, but today we're going to talk about love versus like. That's right. It's kind of like some people love pineapple pizza and some people don't like pineapple pizza. Those don't fit. But do you like <laughs> Do you like pineapple pizza? Uh, I don't like pineapple pizza. Um, I prefer to not have fruit on my pizza. I like sausage. I like pepperoni. Um, those are staples for me. There's so. nothing better than a pepperoni pineapple pizza. Ooh, except without the pineapple, right? We don't want that on there. Chicka chicka cha, chicka chicka cha. Oh. And this was the end of Captive Flash. <laughs> and this, is, <laughs> and this is where we go our separate ways. <laughs> I have ways. to tell you, this is so random, but like the State Department released some... It's supposed to be a joke, but it's also hysterical. They released something that Russians were going to use pineapple pizzas to divide the, the United Nations, so, oh like the United goodness. States. They're going to be like... They're going to use the idea that some people like it and some people hate it to divide this, the nation. That's really It's funny. supposed to be a joke, but the State, Perform, State Department actually released that. Wow. And you're just like... That's, Them that's, sneaky Russians making us all vote for Trump. <laughs> that's where that's where we're at Anyways, in our society. That's a whole other conversation. But so love versus like, and kind of my thought in this is we use the word love way too much in our culture. Hmm. And I noticed this, especially when Amy and I were in Mexico. Mm-hmm. They have very specific words for like and love and even t- like different words for love. And mm-hmm. you know this. So, but we do this a lot where you're like, oh, I love that picture so much. Mm-hmm. Or I just love my MacBook. Right. You know? Well, there's there's no words to differentiate between, yeah, like you appreciating something so you love it versus yeah. like you're married to someone so you love them. It's just like love. I love how when you said you're you married know? to someone, you were just like, because you're married to someone. So. <gasps> it's just my tone of voice. It's just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because marriage. <laughs> marriage, you know. But it's like, hey, I'm married to my spouse. I love them. And also that pizza was great and I loved it. It's like we both, so we So what's the love. difference? How do you define it? That's, that's the thing. <laughs> like we used love in both scenarios. You don't love your spouse the same way you love pizza. I would hope not. I mean, that'd be sad, probably. I, I can clearly tell you don't like the pizza. <laughs> pizza first, you know. No. <laughs> One of them never offends you, so. <laughs> Amy's going to listen to this and laugh so hard, actually. She's going to be like, that's so true. Amy, Amy will <laughs> And she loves that. pineapple pizza, so anyways. That's great. Um, I don't know. I feel like, honestly, a part of it for me. So, like, if I find myself using the word love in a scenario where it's like, yeah, I love my phone or whatever. I feel like tone of voice for me and facial expressions. I'm I'm kind of, I use some nonverbals. I use different tones of voice to express. So it's not necessarily I'll use different words, but I'll say the words differently. And that kind of gives some insight onto what I'm thinking. It's like I'm thinking a little further towards like sometimes reapply love to God, I think in the same way as reapply love to things that we own. Hmm. But you're mentioning, like, tone of voice. What are some of the ways that you have expressed love in your life to people or to things? And what have those things been? Well, like, so, as we've talked about, I love theology. Yeah, I love theology, too. And the study of it. Love it. And so, in that sense, when I'm like, I love it, what I'm meaning by that is not like... I highly like it. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like I have romantic feelings towards studying theology. Oh, 
<laughs> one of us one of us might got it okay. but it's more like no i value the yeah. discipline of it i value like investing time in that yes. like, thing definitely so that's where like i think love can be nuanced but yeah in the context of it when i'm like oh yeah i love theology it's not like you know i'm i have this like intimate relationship with theology in that sense it's more like no this is something that i care about basically love in that context is like if you had a scale of one to ten for like ten is love so it's like how much do you like like scale on a like scale it's like one to love and you're like love and that's yeah so i'd say yeah i really like theology like studying theology then but you really love kwk kwk right Mm -hmm. that's code i would say so (laughs) much so much okay but um, so on a like scale, no. <laughs> on a like scale, yeah. No, that was the love scale. Love scale. Love scale is like where you jump the like ten, and move to just straight to eleven through twenty, and now you're on the love scale. Well, yeah. What differentiates? I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. Between but like I like and love. it. So for those of you listening, we have not Googled the definitions of like and love. Do EJ and I ever do research before an episode? We don't really research. The answer is no. Uh, for those of you who also listen to Icy Blast, we know that <laughs> we, I, I definitely we don't, know research we don't research. <laughs> so we're we're going. This is candid. So let me take it another another level. One of the things that I think I see church wise is when we apply love to God, we like God as a th- or like we love God as a thing. Mm-hmm. So we love the idea of God. Mm-hmm. We love what the idea of what God has done. Right. But we don't really love God. I think to rightly define love towards God or towards a spouse is time spent. Hmm. Time spent with that person. So I read a book earlier this year called You Are What You Love by James K. Yeah, Smith. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. But he talks about Descartes' concept of you are what you think. Hmm. And that you can't just think your way towards being a Christian. Hmm. And just like... Even we could say just knowing theology as much as you and I do, which is mm. not much. But not, like, not a lot. But that in and of itself, we would build a firm, wouldn't teach us anything about being a Christian. Mm. Like it wouldn't yeah. actually move our loves towards God. Mm-hmm. But spending time with God in prayer and in his word, which I've been doing a lot more this summer, which has been great, is way more changing. Right. So his point in the book talks about how we form it, like how we form our loves. Mm -hmm. So you are what you love in the sense that what you spend your time enjoying Mm -hmm. is what you love. Mm -hmm. So his goal was like he and his family set up their weeks to have times where very liturgical moments, Mm -hmm. like, you know, church is like liturgy that's broken out. And then in the home, they have certain times of the year, like Lent and uh, what are some others? I blanked. Advent. Lent, Advent. Yeah, yeah so a couple they big put ones. some calendar. They put it on their calendar, and they celebrate that as a family during those time periods daily. And so mm. their calendar is really formed against that because he wants his kids to be shaped by those things. Right. But he talks about like even going to the mall. The mm-hmm. mall is like a big cathedral, and everybody's worshiping. Mm-hmm. And he points that how our emotions are when we're at the mall is the same emotions that we have in worshiping, and it forms who we are. Mm-hmm. And so people who have like a shopping addiction are worshiping something, mm. right? right? They're worshiping the idea of getting something new or spending money, or I know shopping addictions can be different for everybody, but it's worship. 
Mm. And so to truly love something is something you spend time with. Yeah. yeah. And when you talk about spending time, I also think the difference between love versus like, I think love requires more commitment, requires more investment. Because when you like something, like, that can, you know, come and go. Yeah. Like a hobby. Pineapple pizza was good yesterday, but today it's like subpar. Yeah, but when you love something, <laughs> like that's in your life. And that's like a staple of your life. At least right. it should be, right? Yeah. So if you're loving the wrong things, that's where you get to idolatry and false worship. Right. Um, but if you love the right things, then your life should be centered and anchored, you yeah. know, on, on solid ground. But I just think love demands like more from you. And you yeah. mentioned time. You know, that's one of it. Like, one aspect of love. It's like our time, our resources, our energies. Where I feel like when you like something, it's not as intense. Hmm. Like, there's degrees. Yeah. Um, like, we talked about yeah. I love theology, but that's just like a 10 on a like scale. Mm-hmm. I don't so. spend time with theology, because that's not possible. Hmm. Uh, at least right. in the personal way. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah. Can you love non-personal things without it being idolatry? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Because I think love is like... Well, can you love anything apart from God without it being idolatry? I guess maybe that's the question I should ask. Can you love anything apart from God without it being idolatry? Like anything beyond God, if you love it, is that idolatry or is that okay? Well, no, because I love my wife. So that's okay. And scripture affirms that I should. Okay, so people would be okay right. to love. Jesus loved the children. Yes. He also loved the lepers. Correct. So. But maybe not things. Things. Items. Right. Possessions. Money. Money. Hmm. Interesting. But you can like possessions. Sure. Money. Items. Things like that. And I that, like and, your and that, shirt. And that'd be okay. It's you nice. like this shirt? Yeah. Thank you. I spend time with it. <laughs> you, like, you like to spend time with my shirt? No. That's good. But, like, but see, that's like, it's weird, right? To like something? Well, no, to love something in a personal love way. That's not something that can well, I feel that way, return it. I feel that way when we talk about phones or like people who like are super into video games where it's like they have this intimate relationship with, and that's creepy. with technology or something. Creepy. Where it's like, yes, Dude, this phone my is my life. This phone. so addicted to social media. It's, it's like, bad. It's scary bad. It's bad. It's it's like to the point of being gross. Well, I think of those gamers who like hide in the basement for hours and like yeah. play games or like whatever. It's like See, they love the type, that. And they're like, spending time with it. Yeah, and it like gratifies their desires. You know, right. they have this desire to like. It shapes who they are and yes. what they believe and what they want. And yeah, I mean, I use technology as an example, but that can really apply to any object or thing. Shoes. Um, I'd go as far as to argue you could love theology over God. Hmm. I'd actually say that as well. You could love the academic pursuit of of knowledge and reading and everything more than that. In part, is what leads to what we call the cage stage. Cage stage. I think it is. I think it's a, a love of like God has shown you some doctrines that you now understand. Mm-hmm. And love of those doctrines leads you to love those more than you love God. Well, that's like, the thing. Love of your understanding of those things. Or even love of doctrines over loving people well. Right. You know, because I've seen people who stand by their doctrines and hate people, but love, like, what they believe. Where it's like, oh, I, I know these, like, points. 
of my theology and I love it. And if you don't agree, well, I hate you and you're wrong. Yeah. Like oh, almost that mentality like where they, they just love their teaching more. Specifically than... used points. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> I did like that. I, I caught the reference. Yeah. A little yeah. elbow there. Because yeah. let's be honest, side. like that sector of Christianity is known. Oh, yeah. For being more, known for being way more that way. More aggressive. Yeah. And not as loving at times. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. But that's how it is. But yeah, loving your theology more than like the person of Jesus. Yeah. Spending time in relationship with God. Which leads us to, really, how do we formate... Formate? That's not the word I'm looking for. Formulate? Formulate, maybe. Better habits uh, towards loving God. Well, I think there are tangible means that God gave us in which... When we participate in them, we are spending time with mm-hmm. God. So when we go to church and we have fellowship with believers, like that's the body of Christ. Yeah. And God is intimately connected and in a relationship with his bride, with the church. So when we are with those who are part of the church, that brings us into closer intimacy with God. When we partake of communion, the Lord's Supper, I think that yeah. brings us into intimacy when we partake, you know, the bread and wine. I believe, obviously, prayer, that's more intentional um, in that sense where you can pray anywhere. Um, being in God's word, um, acts of service, like serving those in need. Like, you talked about today, being with those who are suffering is being like Christ and with him. Right. Christ modeled a life of loving those who su- were suffering and yeah. in need. And so when we do that, we're modeling Christ and... I just think all those are ways that bring us closer to God and Here's spend a good one time. For you. Yeah. Can you go to church, read the scriptures, and pray, and still not love God? Well, I'd ask like, why are you doing them then? Ooh. If you're not, if you're, if you're praying every day and going to church every week and reading your Bible all the time, like, what are you getting out of it? Like, why, why still do it? If you don't love God, like, why are you still doing it? Here's, here's where I'm thinking. Unless, that. unless this is, okay, yeah. I'm going to keep going. I cut do you it. off there. Run. But like, unless there's familial pressure or like, you have to go to church, you right. have to be praying, then, then you would know like, I, oh, I don't love God. I'm just doing this because my family's making me. But I think, I think deep down, you know. Or maybe even think pressure deep down, you from know. a perfectionist perspective. Yes. Where if you call yourself a Christian and you're in the church, the pressure is like, oh, I've got to be reading the Bible. So I read through the Bible every year, but I'm not actually letting it impact me. Right. I think, so where I'm thinking about that too, is I fully affirm that it's the Holy Spirit who works through us to do all good deeds. Yes. So when we choose to read scripture, I believe it's the Holy Spirit moving through us to do so. Mm -hmm. I do think like you just said, there's like familial pressure and there's perfectionist pressure Mm -hmm. so i think that the holy spirit guides us to reading scripture in a right heart when we're actually in love Mm -hmm. with god yeah so i know there's like so many books that have been written on this too the idea of like what type of heart posture do you take towards well i mean and we know this we know this that an atheist can open a bible and read it oh yeah so like I know plenty of people in the academics who read the Bible just to criticize it, and I can yeah. say that they don't love God because, right? Like that's not how you spend. You, like if I were to open up the Bible and be like, "Oh, this is all allegory, and it doesn't really apply to me," and if it happened, it happened; if it didn't, it didn't. 
like I'm not, not being impacted by anything. Yeah, it's just a cool story to yeah. read. Well, and yeah, so and it's the same with attending church. I mean, non-believers attend church all the time, yeah. you know, and will sit in on a service or get invited and hear a message and then leave and they stay the same. Like, so yeah, I, I think just because you participate in like a church service or you read a Bible, like yeah, that doesn't instantly equate to you loving god yeah yeah there is a heart posture there is like why are you doing those things um and i think deep down like people know people know like if they're reading the bible whether they're doing it because they love god or oh i just have to do this or i was told growing up this is what you do so that's why i do it like you know i think i think people i think people know I think you're right. I do think people know. I think people have a sense of like why they're doing those things. As a kid, I was that way. I was at least older. At least people that are older, yeah, would know. Maybe not little kids might not know as well like why they're doing some of those things. I was a kid. You were growing up in a very legalistic church, and I was like, I got to be reading the Bible to be saved. Hmm. And I would like try to force myself to, and get very bored very quickly, and quit. Yeah. And to me, as a kid, I was like, oh, I'm failing so terribly. Hmm. And now, like, I read the Bible now, and I'm like excited to be in it and right not to tear it apart or be critical but just to like diagram the argument trace the argument see what's being said in scripture and yeah ask that god would show us what it means and let it impact our lives how do you i have a question for you yeah how do you get from the like stage of like going to church and reading your bible and praying or whatever like how do you get from like to loving those things and loving god think kind of it is your heart posture i have some issues with like prayer life but my prayer life is the best when my posture in prayer is that this is something i get to do because jesus died and tore the curtain and into so that we could step into the throne room with god mm-hmm. paul says that the only reason we can call god father is because our whole spirit testifies with the holy spirit that he is our father hmm. so when you go into prayer with that heart it totally changes how you spend time and talk to God. Mm-hmm. When you go in with the reverence of Jesus died so that I could do this, and like I still get to call you Father. Right. That's huge, right? Mm-hmm. So I notice when I take that posture in the week and I pray more, then I want to be doing it more. Mm-hmm. I'm like seeking it, craving it. I think that's also the Holy Spirit moving at us and being like, yeah, wait, let's go talk to Dad. This is great. This would be great to talk to our Father. And that highlights the tension we talk about of like us seeking the Lord, but also God seeking us and His sovereignty. Yeah, um, moving us towards that. Both of those kind of merging into acts, acts yeah. of love. So I think that's one. And then church, going to church, like, I've noticed now, especially, like, I'm not going to say the liturgical churches are the only way to go, but going to park and having the call to worship and reading the prayers together and having the, the blessing of assurance spoken over us, I notice that stuff will greatly impact the rest of my week hmm. as I go into it. It sets me up to be in a place where I'm just very feeling whole with God mm-hmm. in that so I think when you start going to church, not just looking for the community, but looking for those things, that liturgy that shapes you, and then the knowing that the people around you are there for the same reasons, mm-hmm. that that's hugely impactful. That makes you want to go. So like tonight, Amy and I can't go. Sad. But and we both were like feeling that we were like driving. I was driving her to work this morning, and she was like, 
this really sucks that we can't go to park tonight. Yeah. And, like, it's a good thing, because I've already told you, like, we have something to go celebrate, but it's, like, we both miss it already, hmm. the fact that we can't go. Mm-hmm. So you start to notice, like, you miss it, not because there's some, not because there's some great band at park, not because the sermons are always hugely on point, which not to say they're not either, but you start to miss it because even if all that stuff wasn't there, there's something about the liturgy and being with the people that you're around and well, being God reminded meets you of what God's that. done. Yeah. yeah, God is present in those liturgical moments. He meets us there. And yeah. so when we participate in them, we're participating in like the yeah. presence of God. When you're called along your congregation to confess your sins and then the worship pastor speaks a ble- uh, you know pardon assurance and it's pardon powerful. upon us that's huge and to get that every week is like very impactful mm-hmm. so i think that's part of it i think you can lead towards loving those things with those mm-hmm. like and then community is a good part of it because we have like our gospel community group that mm-hmm. we go to and now it's like we don't just go there for the community of the people but because we all have one singular thing that brings us together mm-hmm. and i don't know about you i mean we both do youth ministry but there was a stretch of time where i would get really frustrated because i wanted the youth to love god and i wanted them to love going to church and praying and all these things that we talked about but like you can't manufacture that like you can't do an awesome youth service and like do this whole thing and like fake loving god i mean they just they either love god or they don't and like you said like the spirit of god must be present in that but i just remember being frustrated because i'm like man i just want them to feel this i want them to know it i want them to love it and respond to it but at the same time knowing like i can't manufacture that i can't like conjure up like in their hearts to do this i can definitely encourage i can challenge i can influence you know i i can point them in the right direction yeah but like god is the one who changes hearts and so I don't know if you can relate to that, but oh, yeah. I definitely have had frustrations over the years. <laughs> I've had some like, youth groups where I was just like... Just wanting the kids to love it. Yeah. I've had some where I was like, this was such a great youth group. And my youth kids are just like, really? And to me, it was like the message and what we talked about. No, literally. Like so I've had so many glorious. Sundays, so many Sundays or Wednesday nights where, you know, I'll be in the middle of the message or like afterwards. I'm like, man, that was amazing. And then, like, half the youth are asleep or, right. like, yeah. you know, on their, <laughs> on their phones. phones. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well. My my youth group's pretty particular. They're they're different. But I do struggle with that. I, I can tell none of them hmm. love the Lord. Hmm. And I know some parents might listen to this and be mad at that, and we could talk about it. But there's something intrinsic in young people I have met who know the Lord that they like crave to learn about him and that's a sign of being christian over like crave to be on instagram and well and what's what's cool is even though i've been talking about this i've been with the youth group at my church for years now and i have seen development in many of the youth which is that's awesome so good. which yeah. is awesome um it's not always the case though like you mentioned like sometimes you'll invest years in youth group kids and they'll graduate or you know whatever will happen and you feel like man did i even do anything like but yeah i'm i'm really encouraged that when we do invest our time like you say because we love what we do we love like serving the lord and preaching the gospel and i do believe when we do those 
acts like God is present with us, but also like seeds are being planted. Things are, are happening even if we don't see them. And I've seen evidence of that in youth group kids' lives, my own yeah. experience, um, which has been great. But sometimes it gets frustrating just when you see people like loving the wrong things or, you know, not even liking going to church. Yeah. You know, they're just because they have to be there. there they have to be. That's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like and love, it's tricky. Yeah, I think you could take it to a whole nother level. I think that there are a lot of cultural Christians who yes. like God. Yes. And I think there's Christians who love God. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the difference is Christians who love God don't always completely understand what His Word says, and maybe don't even agree with it. But they understand that it's his word and that it's authoritative and that it's stance. Hmm. And that he's ultimately in control. So if he says he doesn't like something or that something's sinful, that's that. Mm-hmm. But Christians who just like God like to also say that, like, they're, they're, I like they're the good. love of God. Yeah. But these things that he said are no longer culturally relevant to us. They like God or, to a certain point, And right. then once it disagrees with their right. political or societal beliefs, then they're like, all right, God, that's where we stop. Exactly. It's like, is it Thomas Jefferson who had his own Bible? Yeah, where yeah, he would cut like out the miracles. Yeah, cut out the things he didn't like. Yeah, so literally. he liked God. Mm-hmm. He just didn't like the things that he didn't agree with. Like well, we've talked about this in past episodes with reforming, you know... Culturally, culturally reforming, last episode. Yeah, last episode. Like, you're completely right. I think there's a lot of Christians who like God but then when something in society, something politically that they believe and scripture goes against it or like the church has a stance that counters what yeah. cultural, you know, what the culture says, then they're like, whoa, 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 you know, this isn't okay. They try to like find a new way to interpret scripture. They try to, to find a new way you know, to fit the view yeah. where I agree with you, people who love God. Like God's word is God's word. And so if something, if someone or something in society comes out against what God's word has to say or opposes God's word, they stand by God's word yeah. and what he's revealed because they love God and they love his truth yeah. and who he's revealed himself to be. I think it's important, like, yeah, we take scripture based on its cultural context, mm-hmm. like we do solid exegesis. And the problem is people who just like God make inferences that aren't true. Because we still want to apply scripture to today to our world yeah. and make it practical living and active and living and active but you don't want to bend it where right. you know i'm going to take this verse and completely like twist its arm where now it fits my right. thing or it's like well is that really what god is saying or are you just trying to like take god yeah and turn it in, into what you want just because you like god but when it's inconvenient one of the trends I think I've noticed culturally lately is we live in a culture that maybe fears death more than others did. Hmm. I don't want to say like they feared them and other cultures didn't or other times in history didn't because obviously even the psalmist feared death. But we seem to be in a state where we like, like death is the worst thing ever right. and wrath is the worst thing ever and disagreement is the worst thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like disagreeing with somebody means you hate them. Right. You know, that that seems to be our time here. Or to love someone, you have to agree with their actions in life and the way they choose to live. But to the point where there's some Christians who will deny the death of Jesus. 
mm-hmm. or that he was crucified for sins mm-hmm. or like any of that stuff they'll mm-hmm. they'll find ways to deny it and move around it and mm-hmm. somehow try to make it all mm-hmm. love which is just like the way they do it is so twisting it's twisting of scripture yeah is what it is yeah and it's like they like the idea that there's a god in heaven who loves them who would die for them but they don't like the idea that he would die for them to protect them from their own sins Hmm. Because and call them to repent or right. change their and life. Call them to change it and yeah. and crucify their old life, crucify the flesh. Right. It comes down to like he died for my sins so that I can keep on sinning. So I can keep on doing my thing. Yeah. Kind of reminds me. We had a joke like early on when we were starting this podcast about doing a <laughs> the heresy the of the week. Heresy of the week. And this P- one, I'm trying to remember one. what this. Well, yeah. So what we're one. talking about reminds me of this group. Let me see if I can find the name real quick here. We've been wanting to do a Heresy of the Week for a while, and we've never really done it. We've never done it, so maybe this will be the first time. We thought it'd be a fun segment, maybe if we had a little jingle for Heresy of the Week. There's a lot of things we want to do with this podcast, but None of it will ever happen. (laughs) Here we are, right? There's all kinds of things we've talked about. But basically, this group believed that essentially they could keep on sitting however they wanted to. Because Christianity only had to do, oh yeah, so it's Nicholas and the Nicolaitans. Well, or the Nicolaitans, and so these guys believed that salvation was only a strictly a spiritual things, hmm. and so the things we did with our material, your old physical bodies didn't matter, hmm. and so they like would partake in orgies, and stuff like that because they were like, what we do with our bodies doesn't matter because spirit because salvation is only a spiritual thing, and that's clearly listed. And, and I'm trying to think where it is. Paul has several lists where, yeah, there the physical things we do with our bodies matters. And yeah. there are so many physical sins that we commit. It's kind of like being well. like Marcion, so, liking everything yeah. Paul said except what he said about Jews and just cutting that out because we don't like it. Mm. It's like... I can keep on sinning because of grace. Paul's like, by no means. And we're like, <laughs> oh, but let's cut out the by no means part. <laughs> That's not in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say in that instance, like, how much do they really love God? You know, if they're not willing to surrender, like, that part of their life. Something you love means you relate to it and accept what it says. Hmm. I don't mean in some sense that, like, when something's wrong, like, obviously somebody can be wrong in a relationship and then you reconcile and, Mm -hmm. you know, admit you're wrong. But we know that God's never wrong. Right. And so in that sense, if we're disagreeing with God, there must be something wrong with us. With us. That's right. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Captive Thoughts. We hope you enjoyed talking about like versus love and all the things contained within. And we both just want to say, don't be a Nicolaitan. <laughs> this was the candid conversation, <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, we appreciate uh, your guys' support, as always, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube page, follow us on whatever platform Facebook. you listen to, Facebook, and let us know what you thought.